Happy Friday! Welcome to the almost weekend edition of Couch Potato Diary. A busy one for you guys today. Thanks for stopping by. If you want to get in touch with this now fully vaccinated show, uh, you can send messages on Twitter and Instagram at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. Gonna be there a lot this weekend. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube. I say us, it's me. Uh, primetimecline with the number one at the end of it. The music that you are hearing is Wasted Talent. Find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent with X's where the A's would be. It is weekend preview day here on Couch Potato Diary. Uh, going to go in not the order that things are going to go this weekend. To be perfectly honest with you, it is because we're waiting still for a few guys to weigh in. So just want to at least get this train rolling a little bit with the NXT TakeOver preview. And then hopefully by the time I'm done that, uh, the UFC Fighters will have all weighed in, and we'll be able to get this preview out to you ASAP. So, NXT TakeOver in your house, coming to you from the Capital Wrestling Center thingy that they are doing in Florida. Uh, just a five-match card, and this is one of the great things about NXT, is that it's just, hey, these are the, the feuds we have, so these are the matches that are going to go on. There is no, all right, let's try to stretch this thing out three or four hours. We got these matches, and however long it's going to take is how long it is going to take. And this is actually shaping up to be, I, I think, a, a really good one. And one of the things I talked about when I was breaking down NXT last month is that it just kind of needed to have a more focused direction. And once it got that, I thought this show really hit into high gear coming into the, this pay-per-view. So I'm I'm quite excited for it. Let's start um, the, the Wikipedia page. Yeah, these might be in order. The first bout is the winner-take-all six-man tag match for the NXT North American Championship and the NXT Tag Team Championships as Bronson Reed defends his North American title along with MSK's tag team titles against Legado del Fantasma with Santos Escobar, Joachim Wilde, and Raul Mendoza. I cannot express how much I love Legado del Fantasma. I think Santos Escobar, this is one of those weird NXT ones I like him so much, I hope he loses, because that means a potential call-up to the big roster, or to the main roster, is in the works for him, and I would love to see him on the main roster, although we have seen all of the examples lately of how that doesn't necessarily go particularly well, but uh, like, quite frankly, almost everyone on this show could get called up to the main roster and it not feel like it's too early. Maybe a, a bit early for Bronson Reed, although he's been really good the last little bit. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez is probably a little bit early for her. Um, I'm not the hugest Cameron Grimes guy, but I, I don't... If he got called up, I wouldn't be, oh my gosh, this is so unworthy. Like, it, that, that one's fine. Everyone else, yeah. And depending on your thought on Austin Theory and whether he is on this card or not. But either way, like, all these guys could get called up. I think the champions retain in this one. I don't see them taking it off of Bronson Reed already. MSK kind of just feels like they're just starting their run. But I think this match is going to be phenomenal. And I, I really can't wait to see what we get from this six man to kick off the show. So my official prediction is Bronson Reed and MSK. Our next match for the NXT Women's Championship, it is Raquel Gonzalez with Dakota Kai taking on Ember Moon with Shotzi Blackheart. This one feels like a pretty safe bet that Raquel Gonzalez is going to win this one. Um, again, just starting her title reign after WrestleMania weekend. Ember Moon doesn't really scream challenge, like new champion to me that this kind of just feels like successful title defense for Raquel Gonzalez continued to make her look good and continue to move on. The one thing that's a little frustrating with the NXT women's division right now is kind of how stalled the tag team titles feel as I, I, I understand maybe not like maybe wanting to make a switch, give Candice LeRae a championship at her and Indy Hartwell as the tag team champions. And I'm not saying they are undeserving tag team champions, but it is just since then they they have felt like an afterthought and they're they're making a bit of a story out of it with Candice LeRae's promos but it is kind of accurate and kind of how it is feeling where every time they go to them it's okay well this big thing is happening not involving your tag team titles react to that and the tag team titles are kind of fading into the distance and it kind of feels like when the Iconics won the WWE tag team uh, women's tag team championships and how those kind of became a bit more of a comedy prop and it, it almost feels like they're happening or that's happening now and so I understand differences with NXT and main roster are what they are, but I, I, 
I didn't see the point in taking them off Ember and Shotzi right now. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that, but I, I wish there was some kind of representation of that belt on this show. Raquel Gonzalez, though, gets the win here. This should be a fun one. Mercedes Martinez takes on Gia Lee. Um, they've built it up a little bit. This Lee character, I like a ton. Mercedes Martinez always has a badass look. The promos could be improved upon, but I I think this is a spot where Gia Lee gets a, a big win here and continues her upward progression on the NXT women's side, because I, I think big things are coming for her. That This is one of those gimmicks that I think really, really works, and I'm, I'm always fascinated when it comes on. The Million Dollar Championship will be up for grabs, literally and figuratively, as Cameron Grimes takes on L. A night. I just want to say, for the record, since I saw him as Eli Drake in Impact Wrestling, I have thought this guy, I, I say it probably more than I should, this guy screams superstar. I am incredibly entertained every time he grabs the microphone. And so I, like, I, I want this guy on the main roster now. He is one of those ones where, like, if you are drafting to start a promotion, he's not a f first overall pick by any stretch of the imagination, but... I think I would take him a lot sooner than people would anticipate. I, I am I am such a big fan of this guy. I think he is someone you can really build a a television show and a promotion around. Uh, I think he is that good as a heel. The build for this has been kind of heel, uh, kind of weird because Cameron Grimes has been rather heelish this whole time, but now they're trying to make you feel bad for him because he's not as rich. Like I I don't really like the storyline all that much with Cameron Grimes and. I, again, Cameron Grimes is just not my cup of tea. I, I don't know. It's just something about it doesn't necessarily click for me that, that may have clipped, clicked for other people. The to the moon, um, is, is certainly catchy and you can get into it, but the rest of the stuff, like it just, it seems like I'm, it's one of those ones and this sounds very snobby, so I apologize. I'm very aware he's acting when he's on the television screen. Like from a wrestling standpoint, I, I think he is great, but just everything else about him, it, it's just, it's not for me. But that being said, I, I don't know if LA Knight needs a million dollar man right now. If, if Ted DiBiase is going to be sticking around, but LA Knight with the million dollar championship, I, I think fits his character really, really well. So I'm, I'm going to go with LA Knight. Also, the that's not an insult, that's just a fact of life. Phenomenal phrase. The main event of the evening, a, fi a fatal five-way for the NXT Championship as Karrion Cross defends against Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, and Pete Dunne. This feels like potentially a spot where we get some kind of a Roderick Strong run-in. Um, I... I I feel like Karrion Cross retains. He, he feels like the champion right now. And again, the NXT the NXT situation being what it is, if Karrion Cross loses this and goes up to the main roster, your boy's not mad about that either, that they could certainly use him. But again, they could use all of these guys. Johnny Gargano is not going to feel out of place on the main roster. Pete Dunne is not going to feel out of place on the main roster. It's just how they will be used after that. But I, I think Karrion Cross retains. This is another one. Again, it just kind of feels like his title reign is just starting. I think this match is going to be phenomenal and I cannot wait for it. I, I would guess we get some kind of Roderick Strong interaction in this at some point um if adam cole ends up winning it or even if kyle o'reilly ends up winning it and you do one more big blow-off match with kyle o'reilly and adam cole but this time it's for the nxt championship i ain't mad at that either and quite frankly if anyone wins this match I i'm not going to be overly upset about it we, we got a bit more serious johnny gargano last tuesday and that is definitely the the more favored approach of Johnny Gargano for this particular host. But um, yeah, it, if he wins it, I, I don't mind that. Adam Cole, of course, Kyle O'Reilly for sure. Pete Dunne, absolutely. Karrion Cross, another one who I saw on Impact and just absolutely loved the character. And Scarlett Bordeaux, I, I think, is fitting her role very, very well as well. So th those are the predictions for NXT TakeOver In Your House going down this Sunday. Hoping to go on Twitch after it is done and we can break down In Your House that way because this is... I love the concept. I love when they brought some Doc Hendricks back on... Uh, I believe it was on Tuesday. Maybe it was last Tuesday. Uh, but the Todd Pettengill 
inclusion is in this is a lot of fun as well. I, I just I, I I love this idea and I think they're sometimes the WWE can be too reliant on nostalgia stuff, but I do think like I, I will never understand instead of, oh, let's just name the show after the thing that's in the, like, Hell in a Cell is coming up in a couple of weeks. Why that isn't No Way Out, I will never understand. Or Elimination Chamber could be No Way Out. Like, it it works for Money in the Bank and it works for, um, it works for the Royal Rumble because those are a bit more established brands and there, there is something on the line. Like you are competing for those things, but like you have all of these great names from your past, like backlash, like an in your house. They, they go with the Halloween havoc. There, there are a number of, a number of WCW names that you could roll out there for sure. You could. And so anytime they go with something, even a little bit, whether it's creative or whether it's nostalgic, I will go for it instead of, well, it's hell in a cell. Sign me up in your house. Can't wait. Should be a, a very, very good show. As NXT has been for the last little bit. I, I like... I, I've enjoyed being able to watch the shows as they've been spread out from each other. The, the AEW and NXT. The music that you hear on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. Find them on Instagram, at Wasted Talent, with X's where the A's would be, and check out their new song, Drowning, out now. All right, UFC 263 from Gila River Arena in Phoenix, Arizona, or somewhere along those lines. UFC 263, the main event, Israel Adesanya defending the middleweight championship against Marvin Vittori. We'll get to that in a little bit. Let's start where they're going to start, in the heavyweight division, as Carlos Felipe taking on Jake Collier Felipe, 26 years old, born in Brazil, trains at Life MMA, comes into the octagon with a 10-1 and record, six knockouts, four decision wins, his lone loss, the judges were required, a split decision win in his last bout at Ultimate Fight Night on January 16th of 2021, a victory over Justin Taffa, back-to-back decision wins after decision loss in his UFC debut that was delayed a touch after he signed with the Ultimate Fighting Championship. He was suspended two years for a USADA violation. His last knockout win coming in 2017. He's been a pro since 2014. His opponent Collier, 32 years old, six foot three, with a 78.5 inch reach, comes to us from St. Louis, Missouri, training out of Smith Pitt MMA. I'm fairly confident. I did not record that right, but whatever. 12 and 5 is the record. Five knockout wins, four, or uh, sorry, three by submission. Uh, he's been stopped in four of his five losses, three by knockout, one by submission. He was victorious in his last bout late in 2020. A unanimous decision win over John Vellante has alternated wins and losses since joining the Ultimate Fighting Championship back in 2014. Does not feel like Jake Collier is a six-year vet of the Ultimate Fighting Championship. His last two wins have been by decision and he's been a professional since 2010 so the big boys getting this one started and a couple guys coming off of a win but kind of need to get going if they want to remain in the relevancy of the ultimate fighting championship as we look at the odds it is philippe who is the favorite right now open at minus 200 that's been bet down to as low as minus 161 at betonline.ag if you fancy yourself a collier supporter he opened up at plus 170 that's been bet down to as low as plus 140 looks like the best you can get right now caesar's palace at plus 150 for the online folk um bodog at plus 145 seems to be the best way to go about uh placing your money on collier I I would love to give you an upset pick in this one, and it's the heavyweight division. So if you want to just sprinkle a bit on the heavyweight or on the the underdog in this, I suppose you could. But I, I'm going to pick Philippe here. I I, I do not anticipate this being a, an overly aesthetically pleasing bout, but I, I do think Philippe gets the job done. Fares Zaim taking on Luigi Vedramini in the lightweight division. Zaim, 24 years old, born in Lyon, France. Steps into the cage at 6 foot even. 11 and 3 for his career. 5 wins by knockout, 4 by submission. He has been stopped twice in his 3 losses. His last win, a unanimous decision win over the fantastically named Jamie Malarkey back in October of 2020. That came after a loss in his UFC debut. That is the lone blemish in the last 7 times 
times. He's fought someone professionally. His last four fights have needed three rounds. For Vendramini, he is 25 years old, 5'8", trains at Factory X, born in Brasilia, Brazil. 9-1, he has yet to need the judges. Um, his last fight, a knockout win in the first round, that came after a loss in his UFC debut. His last submission win, 2017. So this guy throws bombs. Been a pro since 2016, and he has been bet down as an underdog now. Z uh, Zaim, this was a pick'em to start, came into this one as, uh, again, a, a pick'em, but now uh, still get him around minus 120 at betonline.ag, but you're seeing some minus 130s, minus 135s for Luigi Vendramini. Again, a pick'em, but that one has been bet up as high as plus 115. Caesar's Palace giving you some of the best numbers on the underdogs so far for the online folk. Again, it looks like Bodog might have the best at plus 110. I, I, and quite frankly, I like the underdog in this one. I, I understand that when you see someone hasn't been to a decision, you, you worry about things like gas tanks and those sorts of things. But I, I think that Ventramini is a live underdog in this one. So I'm going to go with him with a bit of an upset special in the lightweight division. In the featherweight division, one of the fine folks who made us wait is stepping into the cage as Steven Peterson takes on Chase Hooper. Peterson missing weight for this one, stepped on the scale at 148. So 20% of his purse will go to Hooper, who is 21 years old, born in Washington State, trains at Combat Sports and Fitness. 10 and one uh, on the career, one, dis uh, one draw, sorry, in there as well. Three knockout wins, five by submission, his lone loss coming by way of decision. His last fight was a submission win. He's now won four of his last five and is 2-1 and one in the UFC after a 2019 debut. For Peterson, he is 10 years Hooper's elder, born Redondo Beach, California, trains at Fortis MMA, 18-9 on the career. He has stopped 13 of his 18 victories and has only been stopped himself once in nine defeats. His last fight coming back in 2019 with a knockout win over Martin Bravo that ended a two-fight losing streak was his first finish since 2017. He's had two fights pulled since then and is two and three since entering the Ultimate Fighting Championship. He is a BJJ brown belt to the BJJ black belt that is Chase Hooper. I like Hooper in this one. Uh, the odds makers a little all over the place on this one. Peterson entering as a minus 180 favorite. That has been bet down to, it seems like minus 120 is the general consensus on this one for Hooper. Uh, started at plus 155. I hope you got him there. In some spots, he is a pick'em. You can still get plus 100 at Bodog. I, I like Chase Hooper in this one. The weight cutting issues for Peterson concern me. I feel like when this gets to the ground, Hooper is going to have quite an advantage in that spot. So I like Hooper in this one. So a couple of upset picks early on. In the lightweight division, it was supposed to be Frank Camacho against Matt Frivola, but Camacho injured in a car accident this week. So Terrence McKinney steps in for his promotional debut. He is a rather vast underdog. Uh, not the biggest underdog on the card. We'll get to that in a little bit. But for Frivola, 30 years old, 5'9", a 71-inch reach out of New York, training at Saralongo. Uh, sorry for that. 11-2-1 on the career, just four stoppages on his resume. He's also been stopped once. His last fight, a unanimous decision loss at UFC 257 that ended a three-fight unbeaten streak. This guy just wants a regular gosh darn fight. His... Uh, again, that was his first fight since 2019. He had a fight called off when COVID first shut things down. Then he lost the fight to an injury and then had his UFC 257 opponent changed because his opponent left the COVID safety zone. And then the replacement of that one missed weight. So Frivola just wants a regular ass fight week and he couldn't even get that this week he gets Terrence McKinney who is a promotional newcomer coming off of a one minute 12 second knockout win over Michael Irizarry back at LFA 109 McKinney is 26 years old trains at Sick Jitsu and is born in Spokane Washington 10 and 3 for the career the judges have yet to be required he has three straight wins all of them in the first round and a minute 12 was essentially a Broadway for this guy as he had a 16 second fight and then a 17 second second fight that after a loss that came 
in the first round. 11 of his 13 fights have ended in the first round, one other in the second, and then the other one in the third. And that's all fine and dandy, but I do believe that he falls to Matt Frivola. There, there's just a, a talent gap there. Frivola, a, a legitimate UFC lightweight. And while McKinney certainly will be, um, this one just feels a, a little bit too quick for him. So I'm going to go with Frivola. He is a rather large favorite. Uh, the best you can find is betonline.ag at minus two. 30. We get into some of the Canadian content as Alexis Davis takes on number 11 ranked Penny Kianzad. Kianzad, 29 years old, born in Iran, stands at 5'7", 14-5 for her career, three stoppage victories in there. Uh, she has been stopped three times in five defeats. Her last victory was a unanimous decision win over Sajara Eubanks back in December. It is a three-fight win streak. All have been by decision. She lost on the Ultimate Fighter. She was a runner-up on Tough 28 and then exited the promotion for a brief moment and is 3-1 and one since coming back. She went 2-3 and three in Invicta and is the former Cage Warriors women's bantamweight champion. Standing across the octagon from her tomorrow will be Alexis Davis, who is 36 years old, born in Port Colburn, Ontario. She is 20 and 10 for the career. She has stopped half of her opponent or half of her victories and been stopped in four of her 10 defeats. Her last fight came back in February. It was a unanimous decision win over Sabino Mazzo. That ended a three-fight losing streak for her. Her last six fights have gone to a decision. She is three and three. Um, in those fights, she's been in the Ultimate Fighting Championship since 2013, a former title challenger losing to Ronda Rousey in 2014. She does have a victory over Amanda Nunes on the resume. She went 2-1 and one in Strike Force and then a 2-0 stint in Invicta. I, I like Alexis Davis a lot. I do think that we are seeing... Obviously, 36 years old, the the back part of the career. I, I just don't know if she has what it takes to hang with a, a top 15 opponent. And the judges were, or the, sorry, the odds makers would back that up. Davis opening as a plus 200 underdog. Been bet down a little bit. Down, you can still get around plus 170. Uh, the Westgate in Vegas has plus 175. That, that appears to be the best, but for the online stuff, betonline.ag is a good place to go. If you're looking at Davis for the underdog pick, that would not necessarily be my suggestion. More Canadian content as the 15th ranked featherweight Hakeem Dawadu takes on number 14 Mavsar Evelev. Evelev coming in at 27 years old, born in Russia, trains at American Top Team, undefeated for the career. 14 wins, has stopped half of them. His most recent bout, a split decision win over Nick Lentz back at UFC 257. All four of his victories in the Ultimate Fighting Championship have come by decision. He is a former M1 bantamweight champion, moved to featherweight in the Ultimate Fighting Championship, and is a master of sport in Greco-Roman wrestling. He takes on the Calgary boy, Hakeem Dawadu. 29 years old, out of Calgary, Alberta, Canada, five foot eight with a 73-inch reach, uh, trains at Champions Creed, uh, trains at Champions Creed MMA, and with Mike Miles, 12 one and one on the career, seven wins by knockout, his lone defeat coming by submission. He's coming off of a split decision win at UFC 253, a five-fight win streak since a loss in his UFC debut. He has back-to-back -back split decision wins. Missed his last fight because of injury, now stepping in with a higher-ranked opponent. The odds a little long for him as he... One of the bigger underdogs on the card this evening, although there's quite a few large underdogs on this one. Hakeem Dabadu opening at plus 240. People in his favor, though, as a lot of money has come in on him, apparently, as the odds have shifted. You, you can still get him at plus 200 if you want at Caesars Palace online, plus 193 at betonline.ag. I can't go against the Calgary dude. I've talked to him a couple of times. He has an amazing story. The, the way he is going to win this fight is keeping this one at distance. He, he has, I, I would suggest he has a very clear kickboxing edge. And if he is able to keep Evelev off of him, use his... Uh, use his length, use his good footwork, try to take advantage of the moments where this fight is on the feet. Uh, I think it could be a good night for him, but this is going to be, I think clearly the, the toughest test of his career, but uh, I can't go against the Calgary kid 
in this one. Women's flyweight division could see potentially a title challenger coming out of this one, or someone who is getting ready for a title challenge, as number three ranked Lauren Murphy takes on at number six ranked Joanne Calderwood. Murphy, 37 years old, five foot five with a 67 inch reach, born in Anchorage, Alaska. She trains at Grindhouse MMA, 14 and four for her career, Eight wins by knockout, one by submission. She has yet to be stopped, as Lilia Shakarova found out at UFC 254 with a submission win for Murphy. Her fourth straight win, she's finished two of them. That has her now at 6-4 and four in the Ultimate Fighting Championship after coming into the promotion from the Ultimate Fighter. She takes on Joanne Calderwood, 34 years old, born in Scotland, 15-5 and five on her career, five wins by knockout, one by submission. She has been tapped in three of her five losses. Her last fight, UFC 257, a unanimous decision win over Jessica I. Three and two in her last five, all three wins and one loss by decision. She's been in the UFC since 2014, seven and five, and she just hasn't really been able to get that momentum going that you would think that she would. She, she seemed, she was, she was very talented on the ultimate fighter and is still a very, very talented fighter, but it just, it hasn't really clicked in the big long run that I was expecting for Joanne Calderwood to come off of that show. Like you knew Rose is going to be very, very good coming off of that show. But I, I kind of got the sense that Joanne Calderwood was going to be another one who was going to be on the rise and she's in the top 10, but it, it just, it hasn't been the same run that I was expecting it to be for Joanne Calderwood. I I have constantly underestimated Lauren Murphy throughout her entire career as well. And this is another one where I, I kind of feel like I, I am going against her, but you look at again, the, the momentum that they have built up, Murphy certainly has that. I, I just feel like, I, I like the weapons of Joanne Calderwood a little bit more than I like for Murphy. Uh, I'm going with the favorite in this one is Calderwood. Open at minus 150. That, again, has been bet down. She is at minus 140 now. It appears to be the best spot you can get. As for Lauren Murphy, she opens as a plus 130 underdog. You can still get her as high as plus 125, but there are some spots as low as plus 115. So do a bit of shopping before you go out and make that one. But I, I like the favorite Joanne Calderwood in that one. In the light heavyweight division, Eric Anders and Darren Stewart run it back. They last fought at the ultimate fight night that Bilal Muhammad and Leon Edwards fought on, where that main event ends by way of an illegal blow, and this one did as well. It was an illegal knee, causing the no contest between these two. Anders, 34 years old, trains at Fight Ready MMA. He was born on a U.S. Air Force base in the Philippines, 13-5-1 with one no contest in his career. Nine stoppage victories. He's only been finished once. Um, this no contest came after a loss in his only fight in 2020. So he hasn't won since October of 2019. He's been in the UFC just since 2017. It feels like he's been around longer than that. 5-5-1 five, five, and one. outside of the promotion, a former LFA middleweight champion. And he was a part of Alabama's 2010 National Championship football team, where he led the Crimson Tide with seven tackles in the national title game. Darren Stewart is 30 years old, 5'11", a 74 inch reach trains at the MMA clinic 12 6 and 1 with two no contests in his career he also was coming off of an L going into that fight been in the UFC since 2016 5 6 and 1 with two no contests the odds makers saw this one pretty even early on um, it has gone in Anders favor he is now as high as minus 150 can still get him at minus 145 at a few shops for Darren Stewart it's pretty well plus 125s across the board would love to give you the upset pick here but I I like Eric Anders. In the lightweight division, 13th-ranked Drew Dober taking on Brad Riddle. Uh, Riddle took right up until the last moment to weigh in. Uh, he eventually does get it done, but another one of the reasons why we're a little delayed getting this one out today. Uh, for Dober, 32 years old, 5'8", with a 70-inch reach advantage, born in Omaha, Nebraska, 23-10 for the career, with one no contest in there as well. He has 10 knockout wins, 6 by submission. He has been submitted four times in his 10 professional losses. One of those coming to Islam Makashev back at UFC 259 that ended a three-fight winning streak. This dude hasn't been to decision since 2018, been with the promotion since 2013, and I kind of thought that we would see more from Drew Dober. And again, he is someone who is ranked, 
and he is someone who has had some big fights, but I haven't seen that breakthrough moment for Drew Dobert just yet. As far as his opponent, Riddle, 29 years old, 5'8", with a 71-inch reach, born in New Zealand. He trains at City Kickboxing and Tiger Muay Thai. 9-1 for the career, 5 wins by knockout. He was submitted in his only loss. He is coming off of a victory back at UFC 253 that went all the way to the judges' scorecards. It was his sixth straight win and third in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. And just because this promotion's name is fantastic, he won the Wallalong uh, Welterweight Champion championship 59 and 10 as a kickboxer he was kickboxing right up until 2019 I like Dober here but this is very much a live dog in, in this I think because of that kickboxing experience that Riddell has the the three decisions it, it does concern you a little bit that he's going to have to outpoint Dober in this one and Dober rather skilled on the feet as well. Riddle is a, a live dog in this one, but the, the official pick is Drew Dober. Uh, I think he gets the job done. I even think he might stop him. You might be able to, to get a bit better odds if you look for the stoppage win, but Dober minus 125 favorite. He's now as high as minus 160 at some spots. Can still get him at around minus 145 for Riddell, uh, who I've said his name differently every time. Plus 105 underdog. That's... Uh, increased now if you if you like the underdog in this one you have better opportunities to as he is plus 125 pretty well across the board if you are going with the underdog just remember that this is someone who had trouble with the weight cut moving to the main card portion of tomorrow night's pay-per-view as 14th ranked paul craig takes on 15th rank jamahal hill in the lightweight division craig 33 years old born in scotland he is a bjj brown belt with a 14 and 4 professional record the judges have not been needed in any of his professional bouts including ufc 255 his last fight a knockout win over mauricio shogun hua it was his first knockout win since 2014 301 one in his last four fights he's finished all of them he's been in the ultimate fighting championship since 2016 and is the former bama light heavyweight champion hill coming in at 30 years old six foot four with a 79 inch reach out of chicago illinois training at black lion bjj 8-0 with one no contest. The judges only required for three of those fights. He is coming off of one of the biggest nights of his career with a knockout win over Ovens Sepru. The only blemish on his record, he actually won the fight, but it was turned to a no contest because our dude tested positive for the weed. Um, so not the smartest fellow, but again, you see who else is on the card. It's Tough to get too worked up about it. He is an alumni of Dana White's Contender Series and is one of the biggest favorites on the card this evening as he checks in at minus, as high as minus 325. You can still get him at minus 280 at betonline.ag. If you fancy yourself a Craig better, it stayed right around plus 250. A couple places dipping here and there. You can get plus 255 with Cesar Palace, but uh, plus 250 at Bodog it appears to be the best one for those of us who fancy the online world. And while Craig kind of falls into that crafty veteran uh, mold a little bit, it seems like a lot of guys who held Bama championships kind of fall into that. I, I just don't think he has what is necessary to win this fight uh, against Hill. I, I don't think he's going to be able to do a whole lot with that reach, with that size of Hill. And Hill is just one of those guys, feels like he's on the come up right now, that this feels like his time. It kind of feels like Craig, who has the ranking, is just here to get kicked in the head a bit, to be perfectly honest. I, I think Hill wins this one, and, and I think it looks rather spectacular. In the welterweight division, number 9th ranked uh, Damian Maya taking on 12th Bilal Muhammad. Maya, 43 years old, born in Sao Paulo, Brazil. He trains at Damian Maya Jiu-Jitsu. He steps into the octagon with a record of 28 and 10, three wins by knockout, 14 by submission. He has been knocked out twice, uh, has yet to be submitted, which uh, is not a shock as he is a fifth degree black belt, one of the greatest Jiu-Jitsu practitioners to ever set foot in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. He is someone who has challenged for titles at multiple different weight classes and is truly one of the great grapplers in this sport. He debuted in the Ultimate Fighting Championship back at UFC 
77. His first professional bout was in 2001 in Venezuela, where he actually won by knockout. Um, oddly enough, took a few years away from the MMA scene and then resurfaced back in 2005 and has been fighting ever since. I love doing this. Going back to the old cards, UFC 77, actually one of the first DVDs I, I ever bought from the Ultimate Fighting Championship. On that show, Anderson Silva with a knockout victory over Rich Franklin in their rematch. Uh, you also saw Stefan Bonner take on Eric Schaefer. Alan Belcher knocked out or uh, got a stoppage win of Caleb Starnes where people were questioning Caleb Starnes. They might have even been questioning in his corner. That seemed like a weird situation, uh, but Starnes said that the doctor could see his skull. On the undercard was where Damian Maya resided. He picked up his win over Ryan Jensen with a rear naked choke. Josh Berkman with a win on this card and Yushin Okami defeated Jason McDonald. So... This one has been going on for a minute. It was also this night that it was announced that Brock Lesnar was signing with the Ultimate Fighting Championship the first time. So Damian Maia has been around a minute, uh, but he lost in his last bout back in March of 2020, a knockout loss to Gilbert Burns that ended a three-fight winning streak. His All of his L's have come to UFC title challengers with the exception of Mark Munoz, who at the time looked like he was going to be one of them. 22-10 and 10 in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. He takes on Bilal Muhammad, 32 years old, born in Chicago, Illinois, trains at Rufus Sport and Chicago Fight Team. 18-3 and three with one no contest, four knockout wins, one by submission. He has been stopped only once in his career. His last bout, a no contest against Leon Edwards back earlier this year in March. 4-0 with one no contest since his last loss back in 2019. Three of those four have gone to a decision. This will already be his third fight of 2021 after just one in 2020. He lost two of his first three in the UFC and is 8-1 with one no contest since a BJJ purple belt, former Titan FC welterweight champion. I think that his strength in this fight is going to be dictating where the fight goes because if you were fighting someone of the grappling ability of Damian Maya. Like Damian Maya, the only reason he's ever trained striking ever is to get inside so he can eventually get a takedown. Like that, that is essentially the only thing that Damian Maya is looking to do is just get inside, get a trip, get you to the mat and get the party started on the ground. I think Muhammad is going to be good enough to be able to keep this fight standing. His standup isn't awesome. Um, he got hit a lot against Leon Edwards, and it, it just looked a little rigid to me when he was in there. He was landing some good shots on, on Leon Edwards, but Leon Edwards' striking is nowhere close to the striking of Damian Maya. so Muhammad should be fine in this one. I, I think Muhammad wins this one rather convincingly. The odds makers would agree. Open at minus 120, or at minus 240, sorry. Still at minus 240 in some spots. In some, it's come down to around minus 225 at Bodog. For Maya, the underdog, open at plus 205. That's come down a little bit. Can still get him at plus 210 at the Westgate in Vegas. But for online stuff, betonline.ag has the best at plus 195. We now get into the longer fights on the program as Leon Edwards takes on Nate Diaz in the promotion's first ever non-title, non-main event, five-round bout. Edwards steps into the cage as the number three ranked welterweight at 29 years old, born in Kingston, Jamaica, but now resides in Birmingham, England. He is 18 and three with one no contest, that no contest coming in his last bout. Um, he has stopped nine of his 18 wins. It was his first fight back in March. That was his first fight since 2019. His last loss was to Kamaru Usman back in 2013. 15, he would love an opportunity to get revenge for that. His last three wins have come by decision. He's been with the promotion now since 2014, 10-2, with one no contest in there. For Nate Diaz, you know the resume. 36 years old now, born in Stockton, California, trains at Caesar Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. 20-12, and 12, he has finished 16 of those wins and been stopped in three of his losses, including his last one back at UFC 244, a loss to Jorge Masvidal. He hasn't fought since 2019 and has only fought twice since his loss to Conor McGregor in 2016. He's lost two of his last three, been a pro since 2004, where he made his debut at WEC 12. He fought on the first strike force and has been with the promotion since the Ultimate Fighter 5 finale back in 2007. Just 15 and 10 in the UFC, and I think that record would surprise some people. This is one of the trickier ones to call on the night because we have not seen Diaz a whole lot in the last 
five years, but this is the star-making night that Leon Edwards has been craving desperately. He has wanted the big fights for a very long time, and just no one wants to fight him. I think his stand-up is extremely crisp and extremely just so dangerous. That is where Diaz shines as well, but I mean, as frustrated as he might have been by the doctor stoppage in his last fight, Jorge Masvidal was literally punching his face off. Like, I, I just, I don't know where Diaz's head is at going into this fight, if it is just a paycheck. Um, they don't really seem like the type, the Diaz brothers, to just do the paycheck thing, but I haven't been overly impressed by Nate Diaz in a very long time, and I have been quite impressed with Leon Edwards rather recently. So I'm going to go with Leon Edwards, and again, the odds makers forever in my favor. He is the biggest favorite on the show this evening. Open at minus 450, and that's gone up. Now as high as minus 625. You can still get him at minus 500 at Caesars Palace. For Nate Diaz, it opened at plus 300, and if you fancy yourself a Diaz supporter uh, tomorrow, you could get paid for it. He is as high as plus 450 at Westgate. For online folks, betonline.ag appears to have the best at plus 400. I just... It's just too tough to know what we are getting from Nate Diaz, where his motivation level is at, and then the respect that he's going to have for Leon Edwards is striking, um, and how much defense is he going to show. I think Edwards hits him hard and hits him often in this fight. I, I don't know if this one goes the, the full five rounds. One fight that definitely went five rounds was Davison Figueredo taking on Brandon Moreno. That initially at the time was for the featherweight championship. It will be again in the night's co-main event. 33 years old is the champion Figueredo from Brazil. He trains at the aptly named Team Figueredo. 21-1 for his career. That last one, a majority drop over Bre or with Brandon Moreno, Moreno back at UFC 256. That one fight of the year for some promotions or for some publications, sorry. He has a six-fight unbeaten streak. That was the first time he didn't finish a fight since 2019. This will be his third title defense for someone who had a big year in 2020 and won Fighter of the Year for a number of publications. It is a very quick trip to the top for Figueredo, who's been with the promotion since 2017. But in those four years, uh, basically three years, this is his first bout of 2020, uh, sorry, of 2021, 9-1-1 one, one in the Ultimate Fighting Championship, so 11 fights in three years. He has been a pro since 2012. For Moreno, 27 years old, born in Tijuana, Mexico, 18-5-2 with 13 stoppage wins. He has yet to be finished, and you could see how tough that is in that fight against Figueredo. He is 3-0-2 since the return to the Ultimate Fighting Championship in uh, 2019. Former LFA champion and a tough alumni, he has been a professional since 2011. This was a hell of a fight back at UFC 256. And I, a couple a couple of takeaways from this one. One, if Figueredo paces himself even a little bit, I think he wins this fight. My pick is going to be Figueredo. Um, I feel like he was headhunting the whole time, and now you understand that unless you bring a pipe in there, Moreno's probably not going away. He is he has an incredible chin and took everything Figueredo had to throw at him. I, I can't imagine at 33, Figueredo was just like, oh, well, I guess I need to hit him harder then, because you couldn't. He hit him as hard as he possibly could. So for Figueredo, going into the fight tomorrow, I believe that cardio is a big factor in this one, and maybe pacing yourself just a little bit. Not everything needs to be the home run swing. Still keep that aggression that you have, but try to ease up on going all or nothing on every one of your strikes, and I think he wins this fight. This was another, um, I think, example of a couple of things. When you, you look, because I went back and watched this fight this morning. One, it is very easy to fall in love with what Moreno was doing because of the commentary. They, they were, because Moreno was such a big underdog, and this will get to my second point, but because Moreno was such a big underdog, anything he did seemed as a surprise. And so the commentary booth was focusing a lot on what Moreno was doing positively. Figueredo would land some three massive shots and then Moreno would counter with the left and they'd freak out for the left. And that can sway public opinion a little bit. And, and I, I went back and watched and I quite frankly did not think this fight was as close as it appeared at the time, you get the foul in the third round for a low blow, and that one changes the fight because it takes a point away, and Figueredo obviously would have won 
the, the fight convincingly had that not happened. It would have been on all three judges' scorecards. But another thing that I think we forget sometimes in the fight game is with Moreno, because he did better than we expect, I think we think that he did better than he actually did. He... Again, I thought he lost his fight. I, even with the, the point loss, I, I thought Figueredo still came out on top on my scorecard. I agreed with the 48-46 card that we saw on that night back at UFC 256. But I, I think the, the perception can be, oh, well, Moreno, like, because he did better than you thought, it, it sometimes changes the perception that you may think he did better than he actually did. I, I think Figueredo wins this one. The odds makers would be with me as Figueredo minus 250 on this one. To start, that's been bet down a touch. He is now down to uh, minus 210. I think I said plus 250 before. He's minus 250 to open now minus 210 at betonline.ag. For Moreno, open as a plus 210 underdog. Uh, he That one, again, been bet down a little bit. Plus 170 is as low as it goes, but you're looking for as high as it goes, and that is Caesars Palace, plus 185. Betonline.ag has it at plus 180. I, just, I like Figueredo. I think it goes to a decision. I don't... I don't see how Moreno, like, just, he, he has an incredible chin. The one thing I will say, we have seen guys with incredible chins take that kind of damage before, and then they're never the same again. Like, how, how much of that granite chin was chipped away that night at the UFC Apex? Figueredo will certainly try to find out coming up tomorrow night. That brings us to the main event of the evening. For the middleweight championship, the champion, Israel Adesanya, comes back to middleweight after an unsuccessful venture in the light heavyweight division as he takes on Marvin Vittori in a rematch from about many, many moons ago. Adesanya, 31 years old, born in Nigeria. He now trains at City Kickboxing, 20-1 and on the career, 15 wins by knockout, the lone blemish, a unanimous decision loss back at UFC 259, which was for the light heavyweight championship, and it ended a 20-fight win streak. But he looks to get back in the win column in the familiar weight class as he looks for his third title defense. He has knocked out two of his last three wins. He beat Vittori back in 2018 by split decision. That was kind of the okay. Let's see if this kid can handle the wrestling now. And it, uh, a passing grade, he got the win, but it, it wasn't, it was the, the first, I thought, real test for Adesanya in his UFC career, which started back in 2018, and as we all know, a former glory kickboxer. He steps in there with the Italian Vittori, 27 years old, training out of King's MMA, 17-4-1 for his career with nine stoppage victories. He has yet to be finished for his pro career. His last fight, a unanimous decision win over Kevin Holland, back on ABC in April. It was his fifth straight win, his fourth by decision. His last two fights have been five round main events, so he understands what he is getting into this evening. Been in the Ultimate Fighting Championship since 2016. We have seen him grow quite a bit as a competitor, 7-2-1 in the UFC. He has been a pro since losing his professional debut back in 2012. You know I love guys who fight back from adversity. I just feel like the adversity is going to be too much on this night. I... I appreciated the dominance that he had over Kevin Holland in that fight. And as the fight went on, it was just clear he was the better fighter. And it was clear that Holland wasn't necessarily up to the grappling pursuits that Vittori was, where there were technical things he was doing wrong with those takedowns. I thought DC put it perfectly. He's only worried about what's in front of him. When those hands lock behind him, that needs to be at least part of the concern. And it wasn't. And he was just getting taken down at will. It was the most takedowns in the history of the middleweight division. And so, yes, if you can do that against Israel Adesanya, you will be the middleweight champion, uh, 100%. The issue I had was that there was zero setting anything up. He just kind of walked in and took him down. For Adesanya, his understanding of distance, his understanding of angles is such that I don't think Vittori gets in on him that easily. And we also saw Vittori get hit a lot when the feet was standing, or when the fight was on the feet, sorry. And it gave him some issues as he was coming in. Um, he got popped a couple of times as he would get in for the takedown. If that happens against Israel Adesanya, you're going to have a bad time. I think Adesanya wins this one. I think Adesanya gets the finish. Um, minus 235 favorite coming in was Adesanya. That has gone up. Uh, the best you can find now is minus 255 for Adesanya, but you, you are seeing some spots where it's worse. Minus 275 appears to be the highest one for Israel Adesanya. 
if you like the Italian, Vittori, plus 200 was the opening line. That's gone up as high as plus 225 at betonline.ag. This is, uh, like I said, it, it is a very... It's an intriguing fight because the thing that Vittori does well is the thing that Adesanya struggles at occasionally. I was going to say greatly. That would be a bit of a stretch. But it is his Vittori's strength is Adesanya's weakness. It is just can he get to his strength that is the tricky part for this one. I, I think that Adesanya gets it done. I think he wins this one and the judges are not required. Um, if you believe that, he is right now at plus 145 to win inside the distance. If you think he keeps this one to the outside and wins by a decision, that is plus 160. If you think Vittori is winning this one by finish, that's plus 600. Uh, you can also find Vittori by five-round decision at plus 400. By the way, if you think this one's going to be very even, a draw is plus 6,600. I like Adesanya. I like it inside the distance at plus 145. I like this fight. It's going to be fun. It's an intriguing test for one of the most dynamic fighters in the sport and someone who I just love watching every time he is in there. So anytime we get Israel Adesanya, sign me up. And there's a few of those fighters on this card. Like I... Figueredo Moreno, that fight was fantastic. Sign me up. Leon Edwards, I'm interested to see what he does. Like, there, there are just so many fights on down this card, whether it be with Muhammad, whether it be with Edwards, and can those guys break through against guys who've been in the Ultimate Fighting Championship for a long time? What do we see from Hill tonight? Do we get another step in his progression? Do we finally see a breakout for fighters like Drew Dober and Joanne Calderwood? For the Canadians, Alexis Davis and Hakeem Dawadu, they both have rather substantial pluses beside their names in the odds column. The, the, the odds makers not necessarily believing in them. Can the Canadians break through tonight, or uh, break through tomorrow night, sorry. Th this is going to be a really fun card, and I think a lot of questions will be answered coming out of this one. I can't wait. I hope you guys enjoy it. We're going to be breaking it down on Twitch, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. Once the whole thing is done, we'll be on there probably playing some No Mercy and talking some fights, so make time for that once the fight card is done. That is going to do it for our weekend preview here on Couch Potato Diary. If you miss any of our shows, it's podcasts. You can find them all. We're also putting up the interviews on YouTube. Uh, Primetime Klein 1. You can search Couch Potato Diary. They'll, they'll pop up there. I have some more plans that are non-Couch Potato Diary related, so that's why we haven't gone with just a, a designated channel for this one. Again, I'll be on Twitch a lot this weekend. You can find me twitch.tv slash primetimepk. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at PrimetimeKlein. If you want to email the show, you can do so. CouchPotatoDiary at Yahoo.com. And if you haven't had enough of me, we had no idea. My general history podcast is out right now. That comes out every Wednesday. You can find us on Instagram at We Had No Idea Podcast. All right. Talk to you guys a bunch more this weekend. Enjoy the fights, real and otherwise. And if you don't see me on Twitch, talk to you on Monday. I'm out with you.